ripping and we are running. Welcome back to another episode of the Gentlemen's Roundtable of Body Recomposition. I'm your host, Jeff Packman, here with Coach Taters and Austin Chan. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, yeah, this week's episode, we're going to be talking about how to become a seven-figure online personal training business guru making at least 10k a month if you're making if you're not making 10k per month you're slacking you should probably be making 30k a minute and uh you know making sure that everybody knows who you are with at least 1.2 mil on tiktok and at least 340k on instagram if you don't if you aren't getting 100k plus video views on your reels you're slacking and uh, make sure you pump 30 hashtags in every post. All right. Let's get into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I must be slacking then. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, working only three hours a week on some beach, on some tropical beach. Yeah. Passive, Bali, passive yeah. income. Yep. You want to be outsourcing to the Netherlands, possibly maybe a, an even – uh, like a third world country would be a better option. Not sure why I said Netherlands. Yeah, Netherlands uh, is random, mate. But uh, but you want to be outsourcing everything, everything, everything that you do, so that way all you need to do is press record on the camera, send it off to your editors, rip a podcast, send it off to your editors, and then your assistants and. People will handle the rest of the hard yeah. work. All you need to do is smile for the camera. Yep. <laughs> All you have to do is take half-naked selfies at the gym. Not mm-hmm. know about you. I have some nine-year-old kid in India writing programs for my clients. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, this week we did want to talk about uh, our thoughts on the best route to become a personal trainer. And there's so much BS in the in the fitness industry, and us as coaches, like we have been bombarded with so many uh, shortcuts. The same way that our clients have been bombarded with like these hacks to lose fat as quick as possible. Uh, as fitness coaches, we get bombarded with how to be successful in the online fitness space as quickly as possible and make the most money as possible for the least amount of work, which sounds great. But um, we all have different experiences and different opinions on this stuff. And uh, so I thought it'd be cool for us to kind of share our experiences, how we got into the industry, where we want to grow and how we feel like we are going to grow our businesses in the short term and the long term. And uh, just thought it'd be interesting for people to hear what it's really like to be in this space and uh, some of the things that we uh, like to focus on and, and struggle with ourselves and how you might be able to get started if you're interested in getting started. All right. Well, yeah, <laughs> cool. That was, uh, that, yeah, I wasn't expecting a big pause there, but I didn't really segue it into anything. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of gave an awesome intro with no segue into anything else. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to first ask, start with Austin Chan since he's the young buck of the crew. Austin, what made you want to get started in the online space as opposed to just training clients in person? Yeah. So 
I definitely say COVID was a huge factor, um, probably for me and probably for you guys and for like a lot of other in-person um, fitness coaches, personal trainers as well. That's kind of what's uh, kick-started it um, just because when, when COVID shut everything down, you realize like, oh, everything shut down. Like, how am I going to make a steady source of income while also doing what I love? And it's not really the easiest thing when everything shut down. You can't literally train your clients at the place. And so I kind of lost, lost my train of thought of talking about this. Uh, but basically, it was just to create another source of revenue. Just so, and, and that's one of the things about like owning your own business and also just life in general. You want to diversify your like sources of income. And this is just like good business practices. Like, I mean, it has some, some stuff to do with personal training, but this is just good business practice, good kind of uh, financial senses to, to have in life, just to have multiple streams of income. So that like, if one thing kind of goes under, if one thing just doesn't work out, because as we know, this day and age, nothing ever goes as expected. Like we didn't expect the economy to be where it's at right now. So just kind of setting yourself up for success for the long term. Uh, but yeah, kind of just re-diverting the conversation back to personal training. A lot of it was, was the, the need to kind of, maintain a steady source of income and also continue going down that career path that I initially selected. And then some other stuff that I kind of learned along the way of pursuing, of building in like an online business is just that you, it makes the process much more efficient in that you can help a lot more people at the same time and actually have a higher potential income as a result of that. Because with in-person training, you are kind of trading your in your healer here like business gurus say, like talk about this all this stuff all the time it's like oh when you're working in person you're trading your time for money and like there's nothing wrong with that like business gurus gurus will say like say it in a way that's like oh you don't want to be doing this this is like the absolute worst thing you can do to be working for an hourly for an hourly rate and make and trading your time for money but it's like if you enjoy doing that if you don't mind just clocking in working with a handful of clients like every single day you can definitely do that. But uh, <laughs> what are you laughing at, Jeff? I'm sorry, dude. So I was playing with the mustache filters because I was wondering oh my why God. my thing was all blurry. <laughs> my bad. My bad. Uh, oh. <laughs> no, I, I agree, though. Like, COVID was scary. A lot of the gyms shut down and... uh I think that's what got me into the want to want to do the whole online thing. I mean, I had done it before, but uh, but it was really half-assed. I didn't have any systems in place. I was honestly wasn't a great coach at the time, and uh, I was just like I saw other people doing it, and I was like, oh, I want to be an online coach, but I didn't really have the experience or the knowledge to do it for myself. So what I kind of did was I trans I made a transformation for myself. I lost a bunch of weight. I got back into training more efficiently and started to just kind of dive into the research and the literature and um, kind of make my own transformation first. And then once I felt uh, confident that I could do it with myself, then I was like, okay, well, let me let me take on some people for free and help them with their nutrition and, and uh, help them make a transformation. Once I did that successfully like several times, and I felt confident in, okay, I should get paid for this. I should be 
you know, compensated for helping people do this. And, you know, it even took me quite a while to even ask for money from people um, before I was able to like really be confident, like, am I worth being paid for this? <laughs> and then, which just sounds crazy because now it's like, okay, now we, we charge what we're worth and we know our worth and we know that we're not, you know, we shouldn't have to work for free if we don't want to. We still do. A lot of us still take on free coaching clients um, just because it's the right thing to do sometimes. And sometimes you do giveaways and you want to work with people for free. But uh, we're doing this to make money. We're doing this to support our, ourselves and our families and um, set ourselves up for the future. So we should be looking into building our businesses. Um, I know for me, I'm consistently into this uh since early 2020 so it's about what two years and seven months and so all, coming up on three years with my business being successful and uh and maintaining and sustaining a business they say that like you should always you should always stick with something for like five years before it becomes um before it really takes off before it becomes like a sustainable um thing that you can really rely on right so like i was also working in kitchens while building my business i was doing side jobs i was training in person a little bit um even now i have another side job that i do it's not like uh by any means my main source of income it's just something that uh is a very low stress job that i do like two or three days a week that uh that i could still work on my business almost full time uh, when I'm not there. So yeah. What about you, Andy? Uh, what made you want to get into online coaching? Well, I, my journey goes back to 2013 actually, which is crazy to mm. think it was that long ago because I was basically in a long distance relationship and I was like, man, what can I do work wise? Cause I had a job like, a, I was working, a corporate company right and i was doing personal training on the side and i was like what can i do that i'm not tied down to a, a location so i had this idea and i recently graduated from my personal training qualification and i was still in contact with the guy that ran it i sent an email and i've still got that email in my email um in my gmail that said hey i've got this idea of like online personal training basically this was in 2013 2013 yeah holy shit it's dude. Not that like for anybody who's listening right now that was like before it was really even a thing at all like mm -hmm. like i didn't know anybody that was an online coach in 2013 yeah i mean i didn't know anyone that was a coach i didn't know it was a thing either really i just had this idea that was a concept and it, it, instagram was just starting Mm -hmm. Instagram was like just in its infancy at that point. So maybe there was people doing it. I don't know. I think there was probably people writing blog posts and articles and stuff on fitness at that point. But I definitely wasn't in that crowd at that point. But I was thinking like, what can I do to, you know, be a little bit more remote and be able to travel and work a bit more freely. So I reached out to this guy and he was like, yeah, I think it's plausible. And he said, there is other people doing it. Um, anyway. The long distance relationship 
it ended and I just kind of went back to my regular routine uh, and didn't really think anything of it. But ever since then, especially when I moved to Canada then in 2015, it's always been on the back of my mind. Like I've had this idea, this dream of creating something for myself. Um, and I've been working as a, a full-time personal trainer since moving to Canada in 2015. So I gave up the corporate job, came to Canada. The first thing I wanted to do was start personal training. So I, I've been doing that. And ever since then, it's always like, man, I've got this idea. And then I notice other people doing it. Mm. But it was like a lot for a long time. I was scared, you know, scared to start, didn't don't know where to start, don't know how to start. And part of me looking back now to 2013, part of me kicks myself for not having followed through and started something then. Um, But at the same time, looking back, I didn't know anything then in comparison to what I know now, you know, I was like, if you look at the Dunning-Kruger effect, just graduated like my personal training qualification, I was a know-it-all, if that makes sense. I thought I knew it all and actually I knew fuck all. Um, So yeah, part of me kicks myself for not having started then, but then I, I really didn't know enough then to help people anyway. So it probably wouldn't have worked out, but then fast forward to, um, 2019 when lucy became pregnant my partner i was like i was working at a gym doing crossfit coaching and personal training and i was training a lot and i was like putting a lot of time and dedication to training for no good reason you know so you know to pe- to beat people at the gym and in wads you know for, i was never going to go to the crossfit games or anything and i was training for like two or three hours a day it was just like what the hell am i doing and i came to that realization when lucy became pregnant and i was like man i need to fucking step my shit up because i'm going to have a family to support now and i can't just keep coasting now and you know getting paid small amounts per coaching classes uh, and a little bit more for coaching clients that are flaky you know people cancel a lot and it's difficult um so i then did what you did i went through my own transformation i hired my own coach to see their systems and to see what they did as an online coach i got a great transformation myself and then i started to kind of figure out what might work for me and start to take on some clients for free and for very low cost like embarrassingly low like a 50 dollars a month maybe not even yeah. Yeah. um yeah and then covid rolled around covid rolled around gyms closed holy shit very stressful situation situation for a lot of people especially personal trainers when the gyms closed and really that was a very important time for me and my business because i was pushed in at the deep end to make this work luckily i was able to be supported at that point by the government um income wise for that period of time so once i'd gotten that sorted okay stress was over but i had a lot of free time to focus on building my business so i was very very lucky at that point so i went all in on learning about instagram content creation i did a lot of graphics at that point i was creating those carousels yeah you had um, some so. fire fire graphics you're um your carousel posts were very well done. That was actually when I found your Instagram before we were friends. Um, yeah, I remember actually. You yeah. commented a few times. Yeah, I was yeah. like, these are amazing, dude. Because they really were. Like, you could tell you put a lot of time and effort into them. Yeah, 
they were taking hours a day yeah. sometimes uh, and I was yeah. trying to get one out a day and yeah it was taking a long time but um yeah so that's kind of how I got into it you know I was again like kind of what Austin was saying about helping more people and the thing about online training is you get to help more people and your income ceiling is a lot higher because you can help more people and you can charge more and you can get people on a recurring payment basis. And you're not necessarily exchanging time for money like you are in-person personal training. And not to say in-person personal training is you can't make a great living from it because I know in-person trainers that are making an absolute killing from mm -hmm. in-person training. Um, but it is it is difficult. You have to be a great trainer and it's still a lot of frustration. Like I know people that are working morning, lunchtime, evenings, don't get to spend time with their kids, working weekends. Whereas with an online model, you know, there's pros and cons, but you get to set your hours. The only difficult thing is it's very difficult to turn off. You have your business. It's very difficult to turn off from there's always things to do when you have a an online business. Yeah. There's always things on your mind. Could I be creating more content? Should I be sitting down watching Netflix? Am I allowed to relax? So there's pros and cons to everything, of course. Like that's the good a, that's thing a about great point. That's a great point. That it's it is hard to turn off. There's no yeah. like stop and go hours specifically. So if you're somebody who's not like self-motivated and you do better with like I have this client at this time and this client maybe online coaching isn't for everyone. It's definitely not for everyone. Um, that was one of my favorite things because I never liked the whole nine to five model. Never liked that. I always felt like if I worked harder, I should be able to get paid more. I always felt like all of these places that I worked at, if I had like ownership in the company, I would want to work a lot harder and not just do the bare minimum to get paid. Right. It's like, get paid the same amount regardless of whether you're doing the bare minimum or you're going above and beyond. So with a business model like this, you control how hard you're going to work and how hard you work is going to directly impact how long clients stay with you, how much they're willing to pay for your services, and how many new clients you get coming in. So it's literally like if your business isn't working out, you've got no one else to blame. You cannot yeah. you cannot blame the algorithm. You cannot blame uh, your coworkers. You cannot blame your lack of time and consistency. Like you cannot. There's no one else to blame except yourself. Which I love that. I love the self accountability of like owning your own business. So. That's a really good point. You can't turn it off and you're the only one to blame if it's not working for you. Yeah, and the work that you put into it directly correlates to what you get out of it, which is not necessarily the same in a corporate situation. It can be probably to a certain degree, but like potentially you're going to be making the same amount of money as someone that just rocks up to work, you know, half an hour late, sits there refreshing Gmail, reading Wikipedia, and then you know, chairs swiveling at five o'clock because they've peaced out, you know, and, and you're like busting your balls, like making calls to customers or whatever it is that you do, you know. So the good thing about having your own business is 
the amount of work that you put in directly impacts what you get out of it because it's yours. But yeah, it's not like with like corporate world. And I'm not saying this is the same for every business or that you, this always is the case, but for a lot of the time, five, six o'clock rolls around, you go home and you are with your family and work's done. Mm. But when you have your own business, you are constantly thinking, uh, and, and maybe this gets better with time, but all of us are in, I would still say the early stages, you sure. know, we're still in the building phases sure. of our business. And so like when my daughter comes home and like I take her to the playground, still in the back of my mind, I'm like, did I do enough work today? Did I, you know, should I still be like messaging my clients? What if my clients are like, struggling you know should i be trying to contact them right now and and so there's always this in the back of the back of your mind like if you watch tv okay you're allowed to watch tv like you should be able to get some downtime you should be able to do things that you enjoy but it's much harder to do that and enjoy it but most of the time if you try and do it you're sat there thinking about work <laughs> if you know what i mean sure yeah it makes total sense dude like and and, and here's the thing too is like if anyone's listening to this and they're brand new to they've never created a piece of content. They've never gotten in front of a camera. They've never like written a post specifically trying to help others with their fitness. There's like these mental obstacles and barriers that you have to overcome. And it's such a fucking it's such a mind fuck when you're first getting started because you don't have other friends who are in the industry to bounce ideas off of. Like we, like me, Andy and Austin all have each other to bounce ideas off of. Like we are constantly in our WhatsApp group chat and we are constantly bouncing ideas off of each other on how we can improve our coaching and our systems. And maybe we even like bounce like client stuff off of each other. Like, Hey, you know, I have this client going through this. Like, what would you guys do in this situation? Like, you know, this, this is invaluable to to us as coaches, to have each other in each other's corners. We're all we're all great coaches, to be honest. We all care. We all get our clients' results. We all deeply have a desire to help others. And that's what makes a great coach, in my opinion. So we all are great coaches. We get to bounce ideas off of other great coaches. And, and they're our friends. So if you don't have this starting out, it can be kind of lonely. And you're like, you don't know if you're doing the right stuff. And you don't know if you're creating content that's helpful or useful and there's going to be a lot of imposter syndrome, a lot of self-doubt, a lot of limiting beliefs, all of that bullshit. And you just kind of have to fucking start. You kind of have to act as if in the beginning, which sounds like you're faking it, but like they say, fake it to make it. But in the beginning, you kind of do need to do that before you believe in yourself. Like you have to just do things. You have to put in the reps because in the very beginning, you're going to fucking suck. You're going to be, not a good coach, going to suck at making content, you're going to suck at time management, you're going to think nothing you're doing is working, and then all of a sudden you get your first client. And you're going to and then you're going to get them results and you're going to be like, "I'm the greatest coach ever." And then they're going to fall off. And or they're going to cancel. Or they're going to go through some life on life's terms shit and they're going to gain all the weight back. Or they're going to just not get the results that you want long term. And then, you know, there goes your first client, your first testimonial. And it's like the first time a girl breaks up with you or something or like whatever. It's it's like 
you have to go through these stages in your business um, in the very beginning. And it's like, it's painful, it's stressful, and it's not fun. And then there's sometimes when it's really fun, you have to ride this roller coaster of emotions. But like being a couple years into this now, I have like, I'm on an even keel. Whether like shit is going amazingly phenomenal in my business or things are just like tanking in front of my eyes. <laughs> like, and in my eyes, like tanking is like losing five clients in like the span of a month, right? It's like, it's not that big of a deal. Um, but, you know, then, you know, maybe 20 clients come back on on my next launch or whatever. And it's like, oh, I'm on top of the world again. Well, after time, like you start to get on more of an even keel and you start to have less of an emotional response to the natural fluctuations of the business. So if you're in the very beginning stages, you have to just take imperfect action and recognize that you are going to suck in the very beginning. You're not going to be good at this. I look back at my first videos that I posted on Instagram and I'm like, how the fuck did people watch this? And people left comments saying like, thank you. And this was so helpful. And I'm like, I look back and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I posted that. I need to delete that. But I don't delete it because I, I want to look back on it and see how far I've come. It's like your first progress photos that you ever took before you started going to the gym. Like you don't want to delete those because you want to see how far you've come. So it's all just super interesting, the, the mindset when you first get started. But take that imperfect action and just you just got to start somewhere. But what it, when you guys first got started with your social medias, um, like Austin, when you first got started, like did you start from your personal Instagram page and then turn that into a fitness page or did you start a completely new social media profile? So that's that's actually a really really good question. So for kind of the first, I'd say like three to four weeks, I started like a separate page because I think every single one of us like before we start posting content, we we have the same thought that kind of goes through our head of like, oh, I don't know if the people who like follow me or know me in my personal life is gonna feel annoyed right. or if they're gonna like like that I'm posting fitness content, which is something that's just it seems totally out of left field that I just start posting content like this and totally. Um, like after not having posted for like probably months or years on our main social media platform. And all of a sudden we just decided to come out with this fitness content. So initially <laughs> I started like a separate page, started posting a bunch of fitness content on there. Did that for about two weeks, uh, switched over. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to post it onto, onto my main fitness page or my, my main like personal page. And then I did that for like about a week. And then I just felt super weird about it. I went back to the fitness page and then I did that for a little bit more and then I decided, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go all in on this, like, personal, um, on the personal page because I think I heard um, Jordan say, some Jordan side say something along the lines of, like, the your your first few clients are going to be, like, the people who know you the best. So it's always best to post it on your personal page rather than trying to build, like, another page out of scratch with people who literally don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's safe to say like your first clients are going to be people that know you. They're going to be people that know you in real life. Like you're not just going to start booking calls with clients overseas and people who have no idea who the fuck you are because it takes years to build a brand and to build trust and to give out tons of free content, help people for free be in the DMs, be hustling and grinding every single day, creating new pieces of content to help people before people start to trust you. 
Um, so like for me, I don't know about you guys, but my first clients were like, like I literally texted a bunch of people in my phone and was like, Hey, I'm starting, I'm starting fitness coaching. I'm starting my online fitness coaching business. Like if you'd be willing to start, like I would, I would be willing to take you on for a testimonial. And so I, that's how I started. I started helping people for free for testimonials. So I could like build some credibility, get some practice coaching people. And like at that time too, it was during COVID. So I had more time to take on free clients. And so I took a bunch of people on for free and gave them training programs, gave them nutritional guidance, gave them access to me so we could chat and I could coach them efficiently. And like I learned so much my first year just coaching a bunch of my friends and family members for free. So that's that's kind of the route that I went. I don't know. What did, what did you do, Taters? Did you coach people that you knew in real life? I'm assuming from your gym that you worked at, a lot of them. Yeah. So one thing I want to say is you just said that the amount of what you learn from working with those people for free, you know, you learn so much. And I was going to say back to your point earlier about, you know, the first couple of years of your business how you're more even keel when like you're between the highs and the lows and stuff. And I just think, look back to, you know, when we first started doing this properly, you know, two or three years ago, how, how much we've grown during that time as coaches, as business owners, as content creators. And it's just by taking those little steps and putting the reps in by getting content out, by writing, you know, captions for those content pieces and for building systems and processes for our clients to go through. So it's a smooth process for them. And, you know, I made a post yesterday on my stories and it just was like, the best way, if not the only way to grow as a human is to put yourself through hardship and adversity. And this is basically kind of what we've been through for the last three years. It's like growing, starting and growing a business, it's fucking hard work, mm. but it's totally worth it for, for many reasons. Like we get to do whatever we want when we want, like we get to choose the clients that we work with. We don't have to work with people we don't want to like we are in a great position where we can go and to the to the gym during the day we can go and get our steps in during the day you know um and it's a great position to be in so you know the but we've put ourselves in that risk you know taking a step back from our our regular jobs you know we've taken a step back from having secure income so that we can build out this life for ourselves um and it's definitely worth it but it is a massive learning curve but look at how much you've learned in the last 3 years like yeah. you've learned about business you've learned about marketing learned about accounting you've learned about content creation you've learned about coaching developing connection with people you know you've learned so many different things that you wouldn't have even dreamed of even existed like more than three years ago mm. you know like i didn't know like how to build a website and shit no you know no. i didn't know how to like how to get people to like get on my email list and then you know develop like a connection with them you know so honestly it's the the amount that you grow through that is 
is fucking awesome. So, yeah, that. That, and man, it got me in my feels. Uh, that was cool. I, I I agree, man. I think just looking back on even just the last year, holy shit, dude. Just like, I mean, it's bonkers how much we've grown as coaches, as people, as individuals. It puts you through. It definitely puts your, you know, you through the the it forges you into like a certain kind of human being that uh has you have to be patient you, you have grow to. up man yeah that's the thing yeah i'm way more mature yeah yeah to a certain degree i'm way more mature as a result you know and like i'm not saying that i'm perfect you know i'm still like impatient with my daughter sometimes if she's getting on my nerves or whatever you know like but you have to handle the stress of life and business, having your own business is additional stress. There is the hardship of there's going to be good months. There's going to be bad months, you know, and you have to go through this. And like you said earlier, you ride the wave and, you know, it's like a fat loss journey. You either find a way to make it work or you crumble, you know, and the only way you're going to fail is if you quit. And okay, with a with a business, maybe you can make a calculated decision to say this business isn't working. Maybe this business is not right for me. Maybe I can quit and find something else. It's not quite the same with fat loss, but you know we know that we can do this, which is why we haven't quit, which is why we keep going because you know we're good at this. So we're making a success out of it. We've got to ride the wave. There's going to be good weeks, bad weeks, months, years etc you know but look at how far we've come in the last three years if i think back to who i was pre-pandemic just some guy like going to the gym training for like two or three hours a day you know i thought i was busy and tired before i had a kid and a business you know and now it's like i just wish i'd valued my time so much more then so if you don't have a kid <laughs> fucking get to work because you've got a lot of time on your hands trust me um Anyway, right. What was your what was your question that you asked me? It was, I was talking about um how I basically was talking about how like if if at the very beginning your clients were people that you knew in person or if they or if like right. you had a different pipeline or system of getting clients just because like I feel like that's kind of where we all start. We help people for free or for very low cost. People yeah. that already know and trust us. Yeah. Totally. And again, I guess I was lucky, or you might not say lucky, but I'd already put a lot of work in with I've been working at the same gym for several years by this point as a coach and a personal trainer. And I hadn't really dived too far into nutrition, but I had been by this point I got started. So I started to kind of pitch my nutrition services um, in and around that time that um, COVID rolled around really in around that summer. Uh, and because I have that trust from being an in-person coach for so long, um, I was able to bring in a good steady stream of clients over the last couple of years from my network of people. Um, so that's that what really, really helped me to get that. I, I never really needed to do any outreach in terms of like messaging people to say, hey, I'm going to be a coach. Do you want to come on? Because I'd already built 
the trust of being an in-person coach because I coach classes. I used to coach like five or six classes a day that had like anything from like five to 20 people in, you know, so I was seeing a lot of people per day um, and just built relationships with them. And so when I said, Hey, I'm doing some nutrition stuff, I actually ran a challenge initially. And so that kind of got my name out there and started to help people that way. So what would you guys' advice be for someone who is thinking about starting up an online training business and they they already have a full-time job? What would you and maybe they have like 5 hours a week they can work on their their business that they want to start. Where would you guys say they start? So I actually wanted to, before we, I answer that question, I actually wanted to kind of add on to what Andy said. Like, I, I feel like a lot of people have the misconception that like, oh, I need like hundreds of thousands or I need millions of followers to build like a successful business. But in, in reality, you don't need nearly that many people. Right. Like, Andy was just well-connected in his neighborhood. He did a good fucking job with his clients. And as a result of that, he got referrals and you can build a very successful business without even probably without even ever having having to hop onto social media. Like if you are sure. passionate about what you do, if you are good at what you do and you do right by your clients, like they will be the best form of marketing. They will be the best form of advertising. And like if we realistically think about it, a solid like roster of clients could be anywhere from 20 to 40 or even more than that, depending on like what your situation is, how much work you're willing to put in. But yeah, like 20 to 40 people, like that's like literally the size of like a small town. Like if you are well connected, if you like know people or even if you don't know that many people, you, you know, just a few people you do right by them and they will refer other people. They, and like people will always know more people. So that's going to what's ultimately funnel in and bring you more business. Yeah. 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 I get those referrals, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's a good point. I think one thing that worked for me was okay, I had the network, but social media was great for them to know that I was now doing nutrition and to connect with them, basically. So they they followed me on there. Because I wasn't then at the gym, because the gym was closed during COVID, and I was then posting nutrition stuff, um, that led to me becoming top of mind and for them to think, oh, you know, maybe I could do with some nutrition help. Let's reach out to Andy for that. Um, so that was what social media was great for. Um, but like you said, you know, like I at that point I had way under a thousand followers, and that was my that was my personal mm. page, mm-hmm. and uh, I made it into my professional page, I suppose. And yeah, so it got in front of people. It got people to understand what I was doing. And so, yeah, you don't need to have a big audience at all, really. No, and another thing too is like, I think that people people would be scared to turn their personal Instagram into like a business Instagram. And, you know, like Austin said, be scared that people unfollow you, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, those people were never going to become clients. They were never going to buy coaching from you. They were never going to. And, and honestly, the people that have continued to follow me and support me, even as my pages have grown over the years, 
um, I still have like my best friends still follow me. They may not interact or comment with my stuff, but they, they're like, dude, your fucking videos pop up so much. I'm going to unfollow you. Like, you know, they're just joking, but like, but people still fall, like my mom still follows me and comments on my stuff on Facebook, you know, like she, like she's in one of my Facebook groups, you know, and like there's people from my childhood, like middle school who follow me, who like they, they DM me and tell me how much my pages help them. And like, I have no fucking idea who's following me anymore, to be honest. I have no idea who's following me and unfollowing me anymore. But in the very beginning, it was like, I was so worried about that. I was so worried about getting more followers. Who's unfollowing me? Who's following me? Is this, is this going to offend someone if I say this? And I was just so worried about it. And now I just show up as myself on my platforms and like it's my platform. I can say whatever the fuck I want. I can be myself and I don't have to worry about like offending people or getting canceled or any of that bullshit. Cause it's like, I just say things that, uh, that maybe I needed to hear when I was younger and struggling in my fitness journey. I don't know if you remember this mate, but one of our first conversations that we had when you and I first connected to just have a weekly chats, <clears throat> I told you that I had an app that basically told me <laughs> when remember. someone unfollowed me and who it was that had unfollowed me. <laughs> and you were like, you got to get rid of that shit, bro. And it's, I have, I obviously have got rid of it and it's way better for my mental health, not using it, obviously. Yeah. Cause um, like at that point too, like your page was people who like, like knew you in real life. Like imagine, yeah. imagine you running into them at the gym and they unfollowed you and you just having that in the back of your mind, like this motherfucker just unfollowed me. He does this. I struggled with that a lot, actually. Yeah. I really, really struggled with that a lot. And st I still do to some degree. Like it's not nice when you get people unfollow you, <clears throat> excuse me, but like, especially when it's a friend of yours or if it's someone that's like, you think likes you and is in the same industry um and that like there was people other coaches at the gym that would unfollow unfollowed me but were still following all the other coaches and it made me think like am i doing something wrong and like it really made me question a lot a lot of things and it was bad 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 for my mental health and it sure. was not it was horrible and you know i'd love to say that it doesn't still affect me but it does slightly and it is really difficult to get content out but I think I think this is something like really important to uh to think about like when you're looking at like who's following you and who's not it says more about like them than it does about you right mm -hmm. cuz it's like I don't even really look at my feed ever like to be if I'm being 100% honest the only the only posts that pop up for me are like my friends in the fitness industry on my Instagram and stuff. And like, you know, those are the only posts that pop up for me, but I don't spend very much time consuming content at all because I feel like I want to be a creator, not a consumer. It is important for me to consume a little bit so that I know like what's relevant. What are people talking about right now? Cause I do want to remain relevant and talk about things that are relevant, but I also just feel like it's 
not worth it for me to just be consuming on these apps all day long. If I've got work to do and shit, I can really get lost in reels or TikToks and just like waste a lot of my day, a lot of my time on YouTube. And, um, and then by the time, you know, four or five o'clock rolls around, I've gotten barely anything fucking done for the day. And I'm like beating myself up for it. So I've really had to switch my mindset over the last year or so to become more of a creator and less of a consumer. And that's what works for me. I know lots of other coaches who do the same thing and um, just get way less hung up in the social media, fake bullshit metrics and all of that. Like it's, I could care less about like if my videos are getting traction and they're going viral and all that. Of course you want posts to do well. Because that means you have the opportunity to get more coaching applications to help more people and all of that to build your audience, build your brand, build your business. But um, it's not good for my mental health to put so much weight on those metrics, if that makes sense. I think also people that are friends of yours, there is people that would say that they're your friend but don't want the best for you. You know, there is those people mm. like people follow you and they they know you and maybe they just feel like they don't want you to succeed mm. because you're doing something that represents something that in them that they're scared to do. Like you've taken a step and you're putting yourself out there on social media and you are you are taking a step forward in your life to build your own business and to create success in your life and, and they're scared to do that and so they don't want to see you succeed you know but the friends that still follow you they want you to succeed you know does that make sense like there's people that really want you to succeed that won't unfollow you because even though they might not like your content because they don't need to lose weight or they just don't want, they don't care about fitness like we do. They follow you because, and I, I'm saying you, but I mean us in general, right? They follow us because they want us to fucking crush and they want us to succeed in life and everything that we do. But there's other people that we know that probably don't want us to, you know, and if we were struggling, they would probably be somewhat happy, you know? Because that is the case. When people are insecure about themselves, they want others to be feeling the same way. They want others to not succeed. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think that also just comes with the territory. Like, you, like if those are your quote-unquote friends, like, you know, you, you've got to either A, create Get a friends. Yeah, more supportive circle of friends or B, like, close your circle of friends down to a, a smaller number of people like i know for me i used to be that guy who's like friends with everybody like oh, i have all these friends and like and, but really like when it came down to it if my car was broke down in the middle of the forest or some shit like how many of those friends can i pick up the phone and call and they'd actually come and help my ass at like four in the morning right and and this is kind of going off topic of like how to build your business and stuff, but it's important shit to talk about. And I, lo- I love that you went there because right now I have in my phone, you know, maybe 10, 10 to 20 people that I know would be there for me no matter what. And you guys I know are, are on that list. And so it's important to me to have people like that in my circle. 
because I don't fuck with fake people. I don't fuck with uh, people that are not genuine. I don't fuck with people that are uh, basically say shit that they don't say they're going to do things and then not follow through with them. And I've like made my circle small intentionally for that reason. Like, A, I, I just don't have time for it. B, like, I'd much rather have, and we can we can kind of relate this with our client loads as well. Like, I'd much rather have 15 to 20 clients that are doing the work, who are consistent, who are committed, who are checking in, who are upholding their side of the bargain, upholding their, like, taking care of their side of the street, than having 80 to 100 clients that are, like, flimsy as hell and, like, flaky and even so, even though my income would be crazy with eighty to hundred clients, I wouldn't feel good about my business if I had eighty to hundred clients who were flaky as hell, not doing the work, and just paying me for a service they're not using. Whereas if I had fifteen to twenty-five clients who were like super motivated, dialed in, like disciplined, and like holding themselves accountable, doing the work, like I'd feel much better about that. And that to me is like kind of the way I look at my friendships as well. Yeah, I think that's great. You know, having people that you can 100% rely on. I also was someone that had like, I just had loads of different friend groups. And then I would always just be the one that's like, not really close with each friend group, if that makes sense. Like they would always be super close, but I would be a friend to them, you know, and I would go out with them and I'd go out with them. And I would never be like really close with one group. Um and so it's more recently I've changed that, but I think it's good to just have people that have got like, they've got your back a hundred percent and that they want the best for you. Um, and I think that's great advice for anyone listening. It's like, if there's toxic people in your life, if I can cut them out, you know, cut them out or cut them down, you know, cause if it's like family members, okay. Like you're not going to cut your mom out probably, mm-hmm. but like, talk to them less you know or like if they make you feel like shit or if they are passive aggressive and they kind of get the impression that they want you to fail you know Mm. you can't be around that fucking energy no you need to be around people that want to fucking hype you up and it's like let's fucking go yeah you know let's fucking go get life mate 100 percent, love it Yeah. yeah and to to kind of bring our conversation a little bit back towards like the building your, your fitness business thing i think um i don't remember if it was andy or jeff but uh one of you guys made a really good point about um like when, when you start posting on your personal fitness page people are going to follow you like that that's just that's just the fact of it maybe it doesn't apply to them in that moment or maybe they just don't like that type of content like just be comfortable so first off yes you should be posting it to your personal page because you it's much easier to start a business building from say like round five, because you say you have five followers and you have people who are, or who already know and trust you in your community rather than trying to build from ground zero to people from who basically don't know who you are. It's going to take much longer. It's going to take much more to build that connection. So yes, you should be posting on your personal page. Secondly, accept the fact that people are just going to follow you. It's just a part of that. It's just part of it. And I'd say thirdly, the amount of people that you're going to help, it's going to vastly outnumber the number of people who unfollow you. Like it's 
like it might suck at first like i remember when i first started posting fitness content probably like a month in i lost like a hundred like hundred followers like and these are like and then it's like these are people who know and like you both said these are people that know you and so it like it did feel pretty shitty to be like these are people who i like i literally used to know and i literally used to talk to all the time and they just randomly unfollowed me so yeah of course it felt like shit but you know after posting consistently for a year year and a half two years down the line like i would get like a lot of dms that all of a sudden out of nowhere literally people who have known me for years and we like have not talked for years and all of a sudden i get this dm it's like dude thank you so much austin for posting your content this has helped me achieve x goal and it's just getting those dms of people who you help it's gonna feel so good and you're not even and you're and honestly i forgot all about all those people who unfollowed me just because of the amount of people that i'm able to help it just feels so much better than and it's gonna override that feeling of like the in, in the immediate moment of like oh shit people these people were involved me yeah yeah that's that's so that's so crucial too because even if you look at the long term like the amount of people that you have the capability of helping you're doing something much bigger and on a much larger scale than you think you are in the very beginning even right now like we don't think that we're doing things on on that large of a scale but like if we keep going and keep going like this is there's no limit and we personally know people who have been in this industry have been posting content for 10 15 plus years and they have these massive audiences and people trust them people rely on them you know these are people with podcasts who have like a hundred thousand monthly listeners plus these are people who have big youtube channels you know these are people who have coaching programs with thousands and thousands of people in them and these are people with you know almost millions of followers and so and but not just followers like supporters like people who actually like die hard loyal supporters and uh and so to see that and to know that they started where we started and they were in the exact same position in their business as we are in our business right now. It's like, okay, that's fucking motivating. That is inspiring. That just lets us know that we just need to keep going. So if you're just starting, just know that we all started from ground zero. We all started from nothing. We all started with zero clients. We all started taking people on for free or for very little money. We all had self-limiting beliefs. We all didn't know what to post. We all didn't know how to get in front of the camera. It was fucking nerve-wracking. We all had uh, points in our business where we were like, do I really want to keep doing this? Is this for me? Is this, you know, there's no health insurance. There's no 401k. There's no long-term retirement plan. Like, that's scary, right? Everything about building your own shit from scratch is scary. But it's like, you just keep going. And eventually you're going to get to the point where you're like, fuck, I'm so glad I didn't quit. I'm so glad I didn't give up. Imagine if I would have gave up right when shit got hard. It's like that book, The Dip, right? You guys might have read the book. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, you read that book and you're like, okay, you know, it makes sense. Because there's like this dip in, every, in everything that you go through in life, whether that's a relationship. And, you know, we can use this in marriage. Like nowadays, everyone gives up on marriage. As soon as things stop, as soon as things get hard and they're in this dip period, they just give up and they get a divorce, right? But if you look at people who are from a different generation who have been married 30, 40 plus years, they stayed married. 
Why? Because they rode out that dip and they continued to work on things and grow as a couple and grow and grow and grow and, you know, go through the hard times, be willing to work, be willing to sacrifice really shitty years and months in their relationships to grow and build it even stronger. So it's the same thing with business. It's the same thing with, you know, social media or relationships or even friendships. Like you're going to go through these dips, these periods of really uh, trials and tribulations. But if you can ride out through that dip period and continue to work on things and continue to just stay patient, stay consistent, eventually you'll get to the, the point where you ride that dip out. So that's kind of my 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 advice to anybody who's thinking about getting into this. Yeah. And also, I, I feel like a lot of people have also the a very common fear, and I'm sure we've all had this fear at one point as well, is that we think that, oh, there's too much competition out there. The market's oversaturated. I'm never going to be, be able to help anyone. But like, really, that's not the truth. Because like I said before, like the, the market is so big. Like There is basically a limitless amount of people to help. Like Everyone struggles with their fitness at some point. And that yeah, it is just realize that like there are so many more people there's so much more people out there to help than there are people who don't need help. And so like even even when you think the market is saturated, like it's it's not. Like there are so many more people who need help than there are personal trainers. And it that market is only gonna ever grow. And one thing I've realized too is that like people who you you've probably met or seen in life like they might seem like they're doing well in fitness at some point, like they might be, but then, you know, everyone kind of has these ups and downs in their life. Like people who I knew like back in like high school and college, they were like super fit. And then all of a sudden I hear them like reaching out for coaching. And then it's because of some life event that they had. They're like, Oh man, I fall off. I used to be so fit. And like, I don't know what happened. And then now I'm looking for help. And it's like the, typically the people you least expect to reach out for help are going to be the ones who do. Yeah. Absolutely, man. I love it. All right. Well, I think this was a, I think this was a good starting point for like our thoughts on how you can become a, you know, an online personal trainer. And I think that's just some good tidbits in there for anybody who's going through it or just thinking about starting, just get started, you know, just take action, just get started. And, and there's only one way to know if this is for you. And that's like to, to do it long enough to see if it is, you know, so um you can always dm any of us and uh with any questions you have or if you just need support you just need people to talk to about like um doing the right thing in your fitness business and i'm sure any of us would be willing to uh talk to any of you guys so that's that's gonna wrap it up and uh we'll be back next week for another fresh episode of a gentleman's round table body recomposition thank you for listening see ya